another episode of One for One. I'm your host, Nolan Schumann, joined as always by my co-host, Miles Fuchs. Miles, it's November 1st. We are officially one day past Halloween. Spooky season is over. We can now look towards the fun excitement of the holidays eventually. Uh, at least in my house, it's, it's already starting. I, I don't know about yours. Uh, but, Miles, how was your Halloween? Uh, quite, quite on, uh, <laughs> got a frog in my throat. Uh, yeah, pretty uneventful Halloween in, in my house, um, was working late. So by the time I got home, there was not a lot of time to hand out candy or anything like that. So I ended up just hiding in the basement and watching, watching some Netflix. So you're telling me miles that you sat in your basement, you turned off all the lights and hid in your tomb, like a vampire while these sweet, innocent children of where you live, Regina, Saskatchewan. As Please don't I, dox me. As I dox your entire address. <laughs> um, here's the thing about Halloween and giving candy to kids. One, I like doing it. I just I got home late from work. I got home about seven o'clock. So I mean, by that point, you're you've missed the main. You'd be surprised. N- no, <laughs> I I I saw there was not a lot of traffic on the street. But here's my thing about giving kids candy, Nolan. You're telling me that I already pay thousands of dollars in taxes to schools and libraries and playgrounds and daycare subsidies and now i have to feed your kids too i didn't make the decision to have children you did so is this capitalist miles coming out this is this is not this is my uh ben shapiro impression (laughs) actually i think that the children should not be eating candy actually i believe that they should be eating vegetables which were supplied by their families there is already a epidemic of obesity in children in this nation and we are just feeding that like a coal mine yeah no i I just got home late i didn't have time i didn't i got home late i didn't have candy um i noticed like on my portion of the streets like once you because i'm off a couple main drags um the main drags were busy bustling but i didn't see anybody man for kids wise like on my bay um a lot of lights were off in in the bay here too so it's uh, I don't think I don't think the kids were were uh, hurting for candy anyway. There's there's a couple couple good neighbors, like I said, on that main drag that had some pretty elaborate setups, like a graveyard. One was like a pirate ship theme. So I don't know. I think I think the kids did OK without without stopping by old Merle's house because the one year and I'm sorry if I've talked about this before, but uh, the one year I had full size chocolate bars and bags of chips Whoa. and I got 12 kids. So my feelings are still pretty hurt from that because I ended up with a shitload of chocolate bars and and chips to give out, which not the worst thing. But like, if these little nerds weren't going to show up, then I I still need to reel from that. I need to get some. Uh, I need I need to feel like I can trust again. Miles, do you do you think that the chips were sad that they never <laughs> got selected by the children? I do, I do think the chips were sad that they didn't get picked. I think they were probably pretty cheesed off. <laughs> How how is how is your spookoween? Uh, I had a I had a pretty decent Halloween. Uh, only issue is that I had maybe a total of like sixteen kids come around, and it's weird. I live in like I don't live in a hard to find area of Peterborough. Like I I live on a like a pretty busy street. At least that's what the city tells me when they're handing me a a form that says that they're going to be shutting down my street for construction to turn it into a one-way because these hooligans are driving down it at 70 kilometers an hour. Um, But 
like my favorite part of Halloween is when a kid comes up to the door and I love doing the classic either, ooh, spooky or like, ooh, what are you supposed to be? Or like playing along with their costume a little bit. I had not one, not two, but four different kids dressed up as construction workers and all i wanted to do was like ask them ask them when their union fees are due and like working hard or hardly working bud yeah and be like oh like who's your supervisor and (laughs) they did not understand what i was saying but the parents probably got a kick out of that oh yeah oh yeah it's a good Uh, one you gotta hit him with a few of those you gotta hit him with a couple zingers once in a while a couple zingers yeah keep the kids on their toes they they can't get told by every house that they're cute or like ooh, nice costume should I the next time a kid comes up and I'm just visibly disgusted by their costume be like your costume sucks you're the fifth Elsa I've seen idiot oh cool you're Barbie interesting get (laughs) off my lawn so was Debbie at my office and she's up (laughs) don't get fired Miles I I literally beeped I didn't say a word you actually didn't beep all all you did was you, you went silent at least on my end so Ooh. I didn't. I never heard any beep. So oh. it's kind of like it's kind of like when they when when they show like an R-rated movie like Goodfellas or something on like AMC, and it's like instead of saying "you motherfucker, mutt you," and then instead so it's like "you mutter, mutt you." Nah, yeah, just like yeah. listening to the radio in an elementary school. Yeah, big yeah, big that shit yuck. Was hot. Yeah, big yuck. I like yeah. that shit, man. Too much swearing in this in this in this world. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I see what you mean. Um, speaking of swearing, oh no, Oilers made us want to swear this week. Hey, hey, it came back around. It was a bad fuck, and then it was a good fuck. <laughs> it was like all... the first one was like, Are "You're fucking kidding me," and the second one was like, "I like after I just like smoke a cigarette, like a post coital cigarette, and I go fuck." Um. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, way to get it fired up. Way to get it going because that's uh, exactly how the week was. It was a sad fuck and then it was a happy fuck. Um, Oilers, one for one. Episode six, season four coming at you. What do we got cooking? We got a big one today. We got a big episode. Three Oilers games, one against the Wild, one against the Rangers, and then the Heritage Classic. Once we get through the Heritage Classic, we are going to break down the event, talk about the music, the lights, the sounds, the outfits, the the this, that, and the other thing, uh, and just turn that into a little bit of general Oilers discussion. This is an Oilers podcast after all. But once we get through that, we have a bunch of NHL stuff to talk about. There's lots going on in the league. Such a um, good day. Such a good day. Like waiting a couple days to record, I think might have been uh, might have been a very good call because a big drop out about the senators came out today. There was a couple of a uh, couple of guys that retired, so we're gonna do a little trip down memory lane for a couple of guys that retired. Then we're gonna look at the couple of the big slate games that happened in the in the past couple of days, and um, actually get things fired off with. Uh, some some not great news that was going on in the NHL. Uh, sad news, a passing of a former player. Um, well, current player in Europe, but former player in the NHL. So before we get to all that, let's get back to brass tacks. And let's move into the main chunk of the agenda, Nolan. And this was taking us all the way back to October 24th, the game against the Minnesota mm. Wild, titled, You're Breaking My Heart, comma, Man. Heart man, 
That is what we in the business call see, foreshadowing. You see, you know, yeah. Uh, 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 uh. So this is the first game for the boys after the Oilers announced that Connor McDavid would be out one to two weeks with a quote upper body end quote injury. Oilers coming into Minnesota. I wrote in brackets, say it like Joe Byron or else, having not won since 2019. Ha 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 ha. Irvin turn dirty. Gets the game started with a twine seeker. That is Evan Bouchard with the Bouch bomb. One nothing Oilers. Dreisaitl and Evander Kane get the apples. Here we fucking go. Spark the boys. That's what that's what we call momentum, sweetie. Love to see it. The curse of the XL Energy Center. Hopefully getting lifted. Marco Rossi, the young guy, lots of promise. He had his long COVID battle that saw him take a year off from the game. He gets things even back at one. Uh, when you look at the big picture, you're like, oh, yeah, that's awesome. You know, this kid this kid scores one. He's back. But but no more, Marco. You're, you're not allowed to score anymore in this game. You get your one, you're done. That's it. 1-1 one, one game. It's been a hot start for the contract boy, Warren Fogel. But the Fog daddy keeps it cooking. He makes it 2-1 with a little bit of help from Bushnek home. Keep that shit up, boy. So this is kind of funny. Watching the game, I'm sitting on the couch. Uh, me and Janelle are watching the game and I go, man, fuck Ryan Hartman. And she's like, what? And I'm like, I just, I fucking, I hate Ryan Hartman. Like he sucks. Like he's really good. Blah, blah, blah. Don't like the guy. And she's like, okay, that's really random, but whatever. Um, so, but I say fuck Ryan Hartman to my TV, not three minutes before he makes it two two scoring with 59 seconds left in the first period. Dang it, Napoleon. But the second period gets underway with the Fogue man staying, saying, Hey, boys, hop on. I'm going to carry us to W-Land. So he scores his second of the game from Zachary Martin-Hyman and Norris Nurse. Oilers are back on top 3-2. That's the way it would stay for the rest of the second period. Uh, Atta be oil way to show them what you're made of without McDavid. Uh, and the shots at the end of the second period, also pretty even 21-20. to But the third period, it starts off, and it is a absolute slaughter. Bang, Ryan Hartman. Bang, Matt Zuccarello. Bang, Joel Erickson Eck, while they're up 5-3. If you blink, you're like, oh, what did I miss? I got up to get a diet kick and cola from my fridge, and now the Oilers are losing. What what the heck's going on here? But uh, teammate and all teammate of the year and all-around good guy, Evander Kane, gets one on the power play to get the Oilers back within one. Leon and Bush get the assists there. After that, it was, again, Ryan Hartman putting the Wild up to, uh, and Marcus Foligno, he got the empty netter there to seal the deal. 7-4 wild final shots finished 32 28 for the wild Oilers won 60 percent of the face-offs the Oilers went three for three on the penalty kill and one for five on the power play with his five-point performance Ryan Hartman took home the game's first start and uh, worth mentioning Evander Kane got a Gordy Howe hat trick more on that later tough bounce um if you go back to our previous episode, episode five, I did say I thought they were going to lose in Minnesota. So I can't say I'm completely surprised, but they definitely had me thinking that there was was a chance here for a little bit. I, I was feeling pretty good in this game that the Oilers were going to hold on. But that third period can't expect to win many games when you give up the goals that they did. What did you think? Uh, this was, game was just a disaster. I think um, I was doing something when this game was going on, but I was at my computer and I was just doing a, I was just doing some stuff. And trying to watch this game was truly a chore because it's one of those things where the Oilers just consistently will score a goal and get a lead. And I feel like I've tweeted this more than once so far this early in this season is Oilers hold a lead challenge and then in Col- and then colon <laughs> impossible. So it just 
it's frustrating because there's a little bit of momentum and then that momentum just completely falls apart and then the Oilers are looking at a deficit. So it's it's frustrating. I I don't like the idea of of them of them uh, uh, uh of them allowing five goals in one period and in addition to that only scoring one goal in the third period. That was their first third period goal of the season, Miles. I don't know if you knew that. Did you know that? First I did first- not know that. First third period goal of the season was that a Vander Kane goal. Hell yeah, Vander. That Way to is be. so sad. What a good guy. Yeah. And I mean, by God, Miles, the power play when Connor McDavid is not on the ice is oh boy. <laughs> truly horrific of biblical proportions. And I know that we're going to get into the next game pretty shortly, but it's that, you know, that meme of like the, it's like flirting versus harassment. That's the Oilers on the power play with and without McDavid. I don't like that very much. Yeah. It, or it's like McDavid is like the toothpick, and it's like a toothpick may, makes a ton of difference, or makes a huge difference. And yeah, Connor McDavid is the toothpick in that situation. Um, speaking of which, the Oilers got shut out by Jonathan Quick with a 3 nothing loss to the New York Rangers. You! Yes. Oh. <laughs> Oilers starting off by inducting a little bit of royalty into their Hall of Fame. Uh, Charlie Huddy and Doug Waite into the Oilers Hall of Fame. Love it when the Rangers come to town. Uh, in recent memory, you can think of two pretty crazy games. New York uh, or New Year's Eve when Kyle Yamamoto scored and the Oilers won. It, was, it wasn't like a 7-6 game or something like that. Yeah, it was it, outrageous. And, and New Year's Eve, high-scoring game. Yamo scored with like a couple minutes left it, or maybe even overtime. It was fucking electric, though. Yeah, I think James Neal also had a hat trick in that game. <laughs> Yeah, he did the real yeah. deal. Because then he, he didn't score for the rest of the year. And you and you know why I know this? Because I wasn't able to watch the game. Instead, I was at a New Year's party, and by the time this game ended, I was so drunk. I was eating brie, like just sticking my finger into the brie and like pulling off chunks of like the breading, like a Hell complete yeah. animal. Anyways. Uh, and yeah, and then also the 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 uh, classic uh, Connor McDavid game, probably probably the greatest goal of his career when they inducted Kevin or when they retired Kevin Lowe's number, which he went through like five Rangers and then scored and then scored the game tying goal, only to lead to an overtime win. Man, what a night! That was the it's coming Leon Dreisaitl game, yeah. right? He looked yeah, at their was. bench and he's like, "It's coming," and it that came. Was, that was also friend of the show Jack Michaels. What can you say? Yeah. <laughs> he like cracks his voice while he's trying to yell. Uh so anyways, here's hoping the Oilers can harness that good juju and, and stop the skin at three games. Right? Right? We're hoping. Scoreless first period as Johnny Quick stops all ten Oilers shots and the skin dog stops all five Ranger chances. Hello out there. We're on the air. It's Hawkeye, Adam Fox, Braden Schneider, and Alexis Texas score for the Rangers, and the Oilers head to the locker room down three rip with 20 minutes to mount the comeback. Now, this may seem like a totally possible challenge with Connor McDavid in the lineup. It, it doesn't look good after their play this season. But without Connor McDavid in the lineup, it's not great. Because despite outshooting the Rangers 11-4 to in the final frame, the Oilers were unable to slip, slide, shoot anything past Jonathan Quick and drop four in a row. Oilers were outshot 32-29, lost the majority of the faceoffs, and went 0-2 for 
oofy doofy on the power play and went two for three on the PK. Quick took home first star with a 29 save shutout, the 59th of his career. I cannot stand Jonathan Quick. <laughs> you remember not last year, but the year before, because that was the last oh. time that he played the Oilers in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. When he yep. went freak mode. Yep, I remember that. And I remember your tweet where you you said, like... Somebody drug test this man? Yeah, because no, <laughs> nobody should be able to make that many saves. Or I, nobody should be able to make that quality of saves at that age. No 38-year-old should, play, should be able to do the splits. <laughs> yeah, dude, I don't know what it is. You know, like on TikTok where it's, like, overly specific greatest athletes of all time? Yeah. Jonathan Quick at Rogers is, like, one of the oddly specific best goalies of all time he's a fucking freak 60 at madison square garden straight up i don't know how he does it i don't know why he does it but he comes into edmonton he's just like smells like little bitch in here yeah it like he literally came into this game and he's like the vince carter me i i got one more in me (laughs) it's like shut up jonathan fucking jonathan go back to columbus Straight, yeah, Columbus Blue Jackets legend Jonathan Quick. Why don't you cry about getting tra- traded from the Kings? Remember how? Yeah. Remember, remember yeah. how cool that was earlier this season? The like with them like tributing him. You remember? I don't that? know if I saw it. Yeah. So, oh shit! Yeah, Columbus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they're like, they're like, welcome back, Jonathan. <laughs> and it was him in the jacket jersey, and he like actually enjoyed it. He actually like gave them a big wave. Yeah, I thought you were talking about him in L.A., and I was like, man, I don't. I don't know if they played it. I was like, oh, but yeah, no, I remember the, I remember the Columbus game. That's funny. I like when players have, I like when they have a sense of humor, but I don't like when the Oilers drop four games in a row and lose three, nothing against the Rangers. I mean, Rangers are a good team, whatever shit's going to happen, but Mm -hmm. just that was such this episode, the tone of this episode would be completely different if it wasn't for the next game. Oh, correct. Tell me about it. Cause you don't want to drop five, right? Miles. If you drop five, it's you're, well, I, I don't want to say what you are because I'll get canceled if I say it. So use your imagination. But why don't we move on, Nolan? If you have nothing else to say about the Rangers game, why don't we move on to Albertan Independence Day? The 5-3 win against Calgary, the Heritage Classic on was October 2. Or was it 5-3? I checked my notes. I think it was 5-3. Oh, I don't know. Oh, okay. Anyways, go on, Miles. Thanks. Um, it's the Danielle Smith Mega Bowl at Commonwealth. The North versus the South. It's an outdoor boa, baby. Glory for the winner. Humiliation for the loser. 55,000 strong to take this game in. Per Ron McLean, on the 28th, the evening of the 28th, he tweeted that McDavid would be making his return to the lineup, and that he did. McDavid's back in the lineup. They're playing outside. Everybody's jacked up on Mountain Dew. Not actually Mountain Dew. It is liquor. Um... Let, let's go. This is going to be absolutely incredible. We will cover the outfits, the entertainment, the event, everything. How we watch the game. How we watch the game when we get to Oiler shit. But the rest of this package is going to be purely to discuss the events of the game. Alberta Independence Day. Let's get to it. Who better to open the scoring than a son of Alberta? A good, hardworking, lunch pail kind of guy. Big Brett Kulak makes it one nothing Oilers. And I had to put the exact timestamp, four minutes and 19 seconds into oh. the game. If Brett Kulak would have scored the opening goal of the game at 420, I would have just shat directly on the floor. That, that would have been too much for me. Uh, Nugent Kane, they get the assists. 
the Oilers are up, and so is my. Okay. Okay. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> whoa. 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 <laughs> Settle down. Um, you thought it couldn't get any better than a Kulak goal? Well, buddy, what if I told you that the chosen son scored next for the Oilers? That children's author, Zachary Martin Hyman, who, yes, indeed, is still a children's author, author of children's books, puts the Oilers up to nothing. His third of the year, this one assisted by Leon, let it rip. Unbelievable stuff from the home side. Nazem Kadri gets his first of the year on the power play to bring the Flames back within one. Uyghur and Huberto, uh, the South Beach imports, assisting on this goal 2-1 hockey game. Before the Flames could slink back into the locker room to read all the Instagram hate they were getting for their pregame outfits, Dentine Daddy, Evan Bouchard, gets his third of the year. Connor and Leon get the assist. Oilers are back on top 3-1. The only scoring event of the second period was from the Flames, and it was A.J. Greer scoring on the power play. It's insane. A.J. Greer's on the power play from Uyghur and dot, dot, dot. Goalie assist, Jakob Markstrom. He got the secondary, makes it 3-2 Oilers. The third period gets underway with Vinny D, our big, tall, often out-of-place defenseman who gets his, this was hard to believe, first career goal from Evander Kane and Zachary Martin-Heim, and Adebi Vinny D makes it 4-2 Oilers. Can I say one quick thing about Vinny D? Absolutely. I've kind of really liked him this season so far. I think he's actually been kind of really good. <laughs> well, I, I found it hard to believe that it was it, like he's played as many games as he has, and he hasn't scored a goal yet. That's, that's where I was like, can you believe this? I mean, he has the puck skills of, like, literally Miko Koskinen, but, I mean... It- <laughs> shout out miko but uh, i forgot about that i was repressing that that just woke up a <laughs> sick part of my psyche holy fuck yeah do you remember some of those of course you do we all do <laughs> oh do i oh boy i mean um, i could even just go to Stuart skinner if i wanted to oh, don't say that that's our baby anywho um speaking of our babies Vinny d we're proud of you way to score your first goal of your career many yeah. may, may, may there be many more evander kane would put the icing on the cake uh sorry that sorry this is the battle of alberta he puts i gotta start this over because i did not do this bit justice and i thought this was really funny evander kane would put the icing on the cake wait sorry this is the battle of alberta he puts the dart behind his <laughs> ear to seal the win for the oilers five two the assist on this one was to none other than <clears throat> Derek Ryan, the Carhartt <laughs> King, in his natural habitat. I told you to spank the over on DR points. And did you really think that this guy wasn't going to score a point when he came to the rink in fucking coveralls? His truck has been running in the parking lot all weekend, literally since the fucking festivity started. He's had that 4,500 ramp. <laughs> No Tim Hortons in 30-mile radius has had a drop of coffee left because he's been sipping black coffee all shift. <laughs> it is insane. His heart is still beating. Punch in, punch out. This guy fucking loves Milwaukee Power <laughs> Tools and loves watching Storage War reruns while he naps in his armchair. Go, Derek Ryan, go. We are so proud of you. Dude, it's so, so fitting that he gets a point at the Heritage Classic. How, how loud is the hiss off of his fucking truck? <laughs> the blow off out <laughs> sounds like there's a fucking uh the fucking black smoke in the air <laughs> is enough to fucking david suzuki himself 
is blaming Derek Ryan for climate change. <laughs> Derek Ryan has to pay the federal government his own carbon capture tax, carbon recap tax, because he's just letting her run. Scott Moe's making a video about him. <laughs> Scott Moe wants him to run for the SAS party. We're going to have this guy in the Lloyd Minster seat. We need him. We need him. <laughs> I love it. I love. Oh. I love. I love the Derek Ryan bit. It's I think so that it's. Good. I think it's oh. one of our funnier things. But the fact that he came to the game in coveralls and then got a point, <laughs> it's like life imitates art. It's you know? literally the. Uh, it's literally our two favorite worlds colliding. It's the dart behind the ear, the cherry oh, yeah. on top, the icing on the cake. <laughs> it's perfect. Um. So yeah, the the Oilers win a rare Oilers win. You can play La Bamba. Out shooting the Flames 34 to 26. You love to see that. The Oilers went 0 for 2 on the power play and 4 for 6 on the penalty kill. Not great special teams night for the team that prides itself on special teams performance, but it means that we were scoring five on five goals. So win win. Oilers won 55% of the faceoffs and I'll hit the Flames 30 to 23. Author of children's books and child of Israel, Zachary Martin Hyman takes home first star with his two-point night. Crown Prince of Ryan Westphalia, Leon Dreisaitl, takes home second star for his two-goal effort. And Mackenzie Weger was the third star for his own two apples. The Oilers eased Connor McDavid back into the lineup <laughs> here as he only played 23 minutes and 23, 26 seconds. So welcome back, Connor. Uh, welcome back, Oilers. It looks like we uh, we can officially file a claim at the We Back department. Jay Woodcroft needs to get a handle of his minutes. <laughs> Jesus That's fucking Christ. insane. This guy, he's the Mike Tyson meme. I broke my back. <laughs> my back is broken. And he plays 24 minutes. Dude, he he's coming back like er, the on the early timeline of his injury in negative however fucking in the middle of commonwealth stadium. I I I highly doubt a fucking hip check feels too good in that weather. <laughs> Jay's like, nah, get out there. You're fine. Yeah, yeah, get out there. Didn't I th- I'm pretty sure Adam Ernie only played like three minutes. Nah, I don't get him out there. You know, get, yeah. him, get his fucking legs moving. Dude, imagine how cold you'd be on the bench. You're just not getting shifts whatsoever. You're freezing oh, your balls off. Yeah. It's like the story of Chris Chelios where he got benched. Like Babcock benched him. And then the last like three minutes of the game, they're like, hey, go out there and kill a penalty. And he's like, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't moved since the first shift of the game. You think I'm going to go out there? And I'm kill a literally a first away. ballot Hall of Famer. Who do you yeah. think you are? <laughs> Who do you think you are? I am. Um, I noticed Nolan just doing this pack. We've we've sworn a lot more than we usually do. We're so but- back. We're so back, yeah. but it also, I think, is just part of like heritage classic. Like we're talking about Alberta, we're talking about tracks, we're talking about cavies, we're talking Ryan about Ryan Cokes, Ryan Cokes, and Givner, and and, and Molson, and Pilsner, and I, I mean, how can you not swear? I will say, I was a little worried when I saw that the that the Calgary Flames posted of uh, posted a video of Terry and Diener from Fubar. I'm like, oh my god, they've got some. They've got some heat on their side. <laughs> I knew because Terry, Terry and Dean are our Flames fans. Yeah, that that's no good. That's no, that's no fucking good. But they like if you ever watch those shows, that you know that uh, Deaner's a born loser. <laughs> so if you got a born loser cheering for you, it's not not a good sign. But 
And those guys had to go to Edmonton to find some entertainment at the West Edmonton Mall. <laughs> they're, they're Fort Mac boys, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fuck. If you haven't seen they probably met Derek Ryan a couple times. Oh, <laughs> with Trish? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Derek Ryan knows Trish? <laughs> Derek, Derek Ryan is just Tron. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, dude, I missed. Okay, I gotta watch Fubar. Um, uh, if you haven't, if you're listening to this, and you're like, "What is Fubar?" Um, one, turn in your citizenship. Yeah. Two, turn in your union card. Turn in your union card. <laughs> Three, go on Netflix and watch Fubar because I'm pretty sure it's still on Netflix. It's essentially like the Trailer Park Boys of the West Side of Canada. It is. Best way to describe it. That is a great way. Don't watch the first one. Watch the second one because the yeah, first it's... one kind of sucks. Yeah, it's one of those things where. I'm usually one of those people that's like, I prefer the first one or I prefer the original, but I genu- it's because I saw the second one first, and the second one is just so fucking funny when he's like, I need an epidural! <laughs> <laughs> we don't need steel toes. We don't need steel toes. We got steel toes. <laughs> I love Bar, man. And oh. they go to Burger Baron for breakfast. It's so <laughs> Western Canadian. It's perfect. It's fucking perfect. Um, oh, shit. Speaking of perfect, okay, Oof. this is not perfect. This Start week? us off, Nolan. Start us off because this, this, you wrote this before the Battle of Alberta. Um, take it away, take it away. Just like what the fuck, what the fuck happened this week? Um, I mean, we kind of covered it, and you mentioned this already, but like the fact that we had the Battle of Alberta and such a satisfying win has kind of made things a little bit easier to digest, but. This was like this week, man, was just not great. I, I like you got supremely outplayed in the first two games of the week. Uh, and in the New York Rangers game, Miles, that was like not decade of darkness, that was like 18 19 season, like final year of Shirelli, like Ken Hitchcock era hockey, like just, after like losing to losing to the Hurricanes. 6-1 on a Monday night. Yeah, and yeah. every the vibes are just bad all the way around. Like, um, you know, friggin' Alex Petrovic is like a dash four or something. And like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'm trying not to vomit. Yeah, the, the, the identity line of Milan Lucic, Kyle Brodziak, and Zach Cassian got completely fucking shelled for the second game in a row. It just, it was lifeless, just completely uninspiring hockey. And so luckily, and I was ready to go into this game being like, or I was ready to come into recording this and being like, once again, Evander Kane, what's going on? And I understand he scored the game, or I understand he scored in the Minnesota game, but like you are a leader on this team. And I was listening to another podcast earlier today, and they had actually mentioned like Evander Kane's one of those guys where he could realistically be like the third or fourth best player on this team if he just puts it all together and just shows a much more consistent effort. Now, Battle of Alberta, I'll give him credit where credit's due. He showed up. And he had that swagger that we like to see. Um, but, man, it was it was just bleak. And Evan Bouchard, oh, my God, oof, Maron. Like, in that Minnesota game, wasn't he like a, didn't he have like two points or three points, but he was like a minus three? 
Yeah. Something out, outrageous like that. Cause he just kept on delivering pizzas to his fucking forwards and just like bouncing the puck off of his own goal post. Like you're not going to win hockey games like that. And at the end of the day, like I'm going to forgive Evan Bouchard because I'm going to believe in the talent. I know what he's capable of and I believe he is in a slump, but it is very important of this, in this point in the season that you snap this skid because if you're constantly playing behind as this season goes on, the moment that you finally start to get a little bit of momentum, it may not be enough. So it's important you hammer out all the fine details. And there was like um, there was a, a a report that went out before the Heritage Classic that they were kind of ref- like refraining back to their original style of play. That they were going to more of like a more of like a man to man system. I don't know how accurate that is, rather than like the zone system that Woodcroft was trying to implement from the beginning of the season. Because it's quite frankly, it looks like a lot of the guys are just not really totally getting what's going on. So it looked good. I really liked the Oilers game in the Heritage Classic. I did not like how many freaking penalties they took. Granted, like it's a little bit suspect that the Calgary Flames got six power plays and the Oilers got two, but whatever. They killed off a bunch of them. Things look pretty good nonetheless. But um. Yeah, I feel better after after that game, but I just um I'm not sure. I don't want to say the Oilers are back yet. I really don't. But it's definitely a um it's it's a definitely a very inspiring inspiring victory if that makes sense. Yeah, if if I'm I'm thinking that it's time to call uh call the we back department and file a claim. And the reason that I say that is because it, it it's felt like the Oilers haven't played a lot of hockey yet this year, and they really haven't. That was just their eighth game of the season. If you look at the rest of the division, I guess so. I yeah, if you look at the rest of the division, we're we're the lowest amount of games played in the Pacific. Um, after tonight. Uh, three teams in the division are going to have 10 games played. The rest of the teams are going to have nine. So while it feels like the Oilers are, are, have been struggling, I think it's because we've had a lot of time to marinate in the losses and right. Like this game was Sunday night and they're not going to be playing again until tomorrow, November 2nd, Thursday. So that's, that's partly why I'm trying to be optimistic and say that we back department, let's go. Um, But Again, one of the things I wanted to discuss about this game, Nolan, is, and we kind of touched on it, are the Oilers back or do the Flames just suck? Now, before the Flames fans start, you know, punching their steering wheel and crying and throwing up, um, just relax because your top six has Dryden Hunt and Matt Coronado in it. Um, well, well, some more talented players get back into the lineup. Um, they are kind of running not on all cylinders right now. And furthermore, Jonathan Huberto has as many points as Jacob Markstrom does in his last five games, which is one. Um, so does Nazem Kadri. No disrespect because the, you know, the flames, it, no, I'm not disrespecting them just because they're the flames. I'm not trying to drive that, uh, that dagger further in and, and hurt them or anything like that. Um, rubbing salt on the wound, tap dancing on the grave, whatever. Uh, but like, from Kadri and Huberto to have one point in your last five games each, simply not good enough for the amount of money they're making. If you look at their stats season-wide, Kadri has two points and Jonathan Huberto has five. So I know the Flames have been hurt with some injury trouble, but they are are struggling, struggling and, largely. 
that's a combined seventeen and a half million dollars of salary for like six more years. Yeah, that's I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm feeling not good for the Flames about that one. Um, at this in our preview episode, I was like, I don't know, man. I think they'll be good, and I still think that they can be good. Uh, I think that they have the right pieces there, but they've started slower than the Oilers, and that's really hard to say. Yeah, it it all depends too of like how much of an effect does Rasmus Anderson have on this team? Because obviously they've missed him for four games, justifiably so. Like, I'm really happy that the league kind of hammered down and said, we're not giving you less games just because it's the Heritage Classic. Like, once again, I have to say again, that was a horseshit hit and is like deserves suspension. So I'm happy that the league kind of stood their ground on that. But like, does losing your your best defenseman make that much of a difference to this team? Who knows? Maybe it does. It it, it very well could. But I mean, you're right, man. Like Jonathan Huberdo and Nazem Kadri have not showed up. And these are guys that you are counting on. This is this was the whole thing was that this is what essentially the Flames offseason hindered on was can Jonathan Huberdo rebound? And unfortunately as of right now, it looks like no we can't. Exactly. Like he's He's 30 years old and he's about to start this massive new contract where he is he is the one that they are looking to to supply offense and it's just completely dried up. So I don't know, man. I I don't I don't feel good about that team. I didn't feel good about them in the in the preview. Um obviously it it makes the games more fun when Calgary's really good. Uh because that's just the truth. Like the Battle of Alberta is fun when both teams are really good. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of why I don't really want to put too much stock into the Oilers being fully back. I just I they play they play a couple of really good teams this week. Or who who is their second game against? Oh, never mind. They play one really good team this week, and uh, and I and I I want to see them actually throw up a full sixty against them because they threw up a full sixty against the Flames. Um, the only thing that really sh- sh- like shook their momentum really was the five on three power plays. Um, which is kind of due to their own doing. Once again, I don't agree with, I didn't agree with a few of the calls, but I still, I mean, don't put yourself in that situation, right? So I, uh, yeah, I, 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 not quite there, but I definitely like what I saw and it's definitely very encouraging. Hell yeah. So again, we're not trying to tap dance on the flames grave here. Um, switching gears. Let's make fun of the Flames relentlessly uh, because let's talk Heritage Classic arrival fits. Uh, this is absolutely hilarious to me. Such a funny juxtaposition. Um, you have the hardworking, dirty coverall and hard hat, Thermos and Timmy's cups in the Oilers. And then you have a bunch of skinny Swedish guys with full sleeve tattoos, shirtless, and Carhartt overalls that were obviously freshly purchased from a Western wear store. No free ads. It is true. Alberta versus Stampede Cowboys. Basically what this really boils down to. My thoughts on the city of Calgary should be no surprise to people who listen to this show. Uh, And I'm glad that the whole world got to see Calgary for what it really is. Uh, This game was over the second the teams got to the rink, strictly based on how they showed up to play. I need Daryl Sutter mic'd up for a reaction video of the Flames coming off the bus more than I need oxygen in my lungs. I would love to hear what that man had to say about the team that he coached uh, coming off of the bus looking like cowgirls, Morgan Wallen video. 
Daryl Sutter just gets in from feeding the horses, goes in, pours, what the fuck? Pours, goes in, pours himself a glass of scotch, sits back in his leather chair. All right, let's see what the boys are up to. Because, you know, he's still a Flames fan at the, at, at the bottom of his heart. Sits down, reclines his chair. What the fuck is this? <laughs> and uh, I imagine there probably might have been some choice words thrown in there as well. <laughs> probably shouldn't repeat those here. Uh, so Flames, horrendous. Yeah. Horrendous fits to show up to the game. Oilers, yeah. I mean, that was magic. Oh, it's so good. It's Whoever so good. orchestrated that chef's kiss it's i mean we all know it was dr and brett kulak <laughs> i think it was lauren kyle w- was it really no but like oh. would you be surprised if it she would was be like, really funny <laughs> we're doing it it's giving work it's giving alberta vibes or it's giving oh. alberta <laughs> dude follow-up so, question i'm so excited for their wedding what, no it's gonna be incredible i can't I wait know. to get invited um <laughs> do you th- do you think that the Makeup department worked overtime to make those coveralls dirty, or do you think they just went to the dirty bin at a Suncor facility and were just like, hey, we need to borrow a couple of these? I honestly like to imagine that the Oilers were just like, all right, boys, for team bonding experience, you're going to the oil patch. Yeah, <laughs> you guys are rig pigs for the day. <laughs> I think, like, liability-wise, they couldn't do that because those dudes have not worked since they were probably – I don't think they probably never worked in their life. Probably not. No. Yeah, they're yeah. Uh, they're elite hockey players that have been going to camps except since for they DR. Were 15. Except for DR. Except for DR. Yeah. yeah no. D- DR. DR. Yeah. DR definitely like definitely was like working in a grocery store while he was in college. For sure. But yeah. uh, when I say haven't worked, I mean like they've never worked like a labor job. Yeah. They've, they've never. They've never woken up before. Oh, I guess like hockey practice. I shouldn't say that. Um. But no, I know what you mean. Yeah. Like they're yeah. like they are. They've never had dirt actually. under their nails. Yeah. They've yeah. never had to sign off on a WSIB form. <laughs> exactly so i think like pure liability wise i don't think that they could go to the patch but i do agree yeah. i think that that mental image of like team bonding and they're like doing some work on a well i think that would be really funny caner <laughs> caner sitting in the work truck and he's like boys let's go coffee time oh no caner 1000 percent was like can i get a can, can i get a fucking uh uh a, like a pair of versace coveralls yeah exactly yeah Oh, oh, this is oh this this coffee has no cream or sugar. I was hoping for a macchiato. <laughs> or canner. Um, um, fits were incredible though. I love that shit. That was, was so good, that was my Christmas. Yeah, it it was so good. I I love I when you sent me the picture of Derek Ryan. Um, so I should I so should I just tell everybody the reason why we're recording so late? Uh, sure. Okay. I don't think so. It, it for who? Yeah. For who doesn't know? I was in Cleveland, Ohio, uh, this weekend, and <laughs> you have to say fucking Ohio. Like people <laughs> don't know Cleveland's in a where. What other Cleveland? <laughs> well, you never know. Maybe it's like Cleveland, BC, or something. I don't oh know. God, Cleveland, Nova Scotia. So I was in <laughs> Cleveland this weekend, and um. I was able to watch the Heritage Classic. I was not planning to watch the Heritage Classic, but I was able to watch the game uh, at a Mexican restaurant. So we went for Mexican. It was tremendous. Uh, shout out to uh, shout out to Taylor's uh, to Taylor's friends Lee and Jeff. Great people. Really nice to meet them. Uh, it was awesome, and they t- like I said, took us to this fantastic Mexican restaurant. Uh, I got there, and they had the Browns game, obviously on TV. And I, the one thing I love about Cleveland 
I like I just adore about Cleveland is how much they love their sports. Like we went for breakfast one morning and I saw like eight Cleveland Cavaliers logos and I'm like, "Man, these guys love their teams." And so we went to so we went to the I don't know why I said and and then that completely changed the completely changed the subject. Anyways, uh we're sitting at the table finishing watching the Browns game and I'm kind of like getting into it because the the Browns kind of had the game in their hands but just PJ Walker could not do jack shit. And so I'm kind of like getting into this game. Game ends and I checked my phone because I was going to check the score cuz I thought the puck had already dropped. And on the NHL app usually it has like what what network the game is playing on. And so usually it's we'll say like Sportsnet. I didn't realize that when I checked it in the US it said TBS. So I was like, oh my God, this is on a major network. So I, I look over at the woman like, hey, uh, can, you, uh, can you put on TBS? I was like, I'm a big hockey fan. She says, where are you from? I said, oh, I'm from Canada. She says, okay. So she goes over, scrolls through the guide, bang, NHL hockey. I'm like, let's go. And all I see are the boys coming out on the ice. Um, and it was, it was everything I could have asked for. I was able to enjoy the best, probably like some of the best queso I've ever had in my life, just munching back chips and putting back a, what tasted like a double margarita, but whatever. Um, and it was just, it was, it was incredible. It was everything I could have asked for. Best viewing experience I've had for an Oilers hockey game in a very long time. But what I was going to say, when you sent me that picture of Derek Ryan, because I had no idea about the, about these pregame fits, I like, like convulsed. Like I, I didn't know, I didn't know how to like control myself. I, I looked over at Taylor and I said, look at this. And she's like, what is that? And I said, that's Derek Ryan. That is the Carhartt King. She's like, no one. I have no idea who Derek Ryan is. I'm like, you know who Derek Ryan is. Dr. Baby, number ten, the dad of the team, the guy that's willing to go to the dirty areas and work hard for goals. You know who Derek Ryan is. Um, and she just said, can you please stop talking to me? Anyways, um, I was able to crescendo the night. After the first period was over, we went back to Taylor's friend's house and we watched the game with them at their house. Both of them are American, obviously. One of them, I don't think, has ever watched a hockey game in her life. And I was, and basically, what she did was watch the hockey game with us and I explained the rules of hockey to her. And it was like, not in a like pandering way or anything like that. It was more so she was just like wondering like some of the rules about it. And at the end of the game, she's like, you know what? That was really enjoyable. I really like that. And I think I might watch more of it. So you know what? I think that's a great success. And I think my trip to Cleveland, Ohio has grown the game more than Gary Bettman. How do you feel so about the, that? So the Oilers have a new... Uh... New like end of the game thing that they're doing, guys. <laughs> I don't know. That, that sounds good. I mean, that sounds yeah. like a great way to watch the game. Um, I was at golf. I'm in an indoor golf league, so I was I was at indoor golf, hitting fucking bombs off the tee with the boys, having a course banquet, watching the Oilers game. So I mean, I wish that I was a little bit more like planted in front of a TV to watch it, kind of the mm-hmm. way that you guys were, but yeah. still very fun. And I'm glad I'm glad that you had fun in Cleveland, Ohio, and um, got to uh, got to have a new friend and have a new fan. And fuck yeah, that's good. That's gangster shit. Yeah, it rules. I, I I had a I had a wonderful time. I would love to go back to Cleveland, man. Cleveland's a great city. 
the, um, the rust belt in general is is often overlooked by people in terms of travel and, and they shouldn't do that speaking, speaking of, of hard workers yeah. speaking um, of hard workers yes miles the oilers no longer have their sons of anarchy themed vest for the player of the game new this year is the artist and the plumber <laughs> It's like a paintbrush and a beret and then a plunger. And it goes to the guy who uh, like led creativity in the offensive zone and the guy who worked hard and got to the dirty areas. So as much as sad as I am to see the vest go because of like the iconic pictures of like, you know, the pictures with Ben and mm-hmm. uh, Colby Cave and all, all these the guys. Patches and stuff. Exactly. There was a lot of like care and yeah and history and everything like that that went into the vest. Um, it's nice to see that now there's two. Uh, to celebrate more guys every game but also kind of like that it's a little bit of a changing of the guard something new for this team because there has been major changes to the team I feel like Tyson Berry leaving was kind of like the end of a mini era of Oilers yeah. hockey so it's nice that moving forward with this new group this new core with like Ekholm and Kulak as part of of the group of guys soup it's a good opportunity for them to do something new so I quite like it I think it's cool what uh, what's your opinion yeah, I, I, I really like it. I think it, once again, it allows us to really get some more insight into what the players think of their peers. Like, it's 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 really interesting because it's like, oh, if if we think, um, you know, if it, I, I think that Chris Russell is a perfect example of this. Like, you know, everybody knows about my feelings about Chris Russell, <laughs> especially earlier in this show, which was. Um, obviously appreciative of the fact that he blocked lots of shots, but I think it's kind of a bad sign when your claim to fame is that you block shots because you can't control possession of the puck whatsoever. But we all know that Chris Russell would 1,000% be getting the plumber of the game almost every game because the guy will eat pucks for breakfast. So I see where they're coming from, and I see where the appreciation is for it. Um, so I, 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 I do think it is cool. I, I do think you brought up a good point though. Like I am definitely going to miss the vest because just because of all the little, all the little details in that vest, like shouting out Joey Moss as well was another big one. But obviously we shout out Joey Moss really every time the Oilers win a game and they crank La Bamba out loud. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it is cool. It's, it's, it's interesting and it's, it's like I said, keeps things a little bit more fresh and allows us to celebrate not just offense, but another aspect of the game that is also very important. And how often do you get a picture of like Brett Kulak and Leon Dreisaitl side by side after a game, right? It gives you some cool, some cool shit. Speaking of cool shit, um, the word rock star gets thrown around a lot these days and sometimes it's earned and sometimes it's not earned. But uh, Vander Kane went full rock star mode in the Heritage Classic uh, after, and I say this tongue in cheek because we just shit on Rasmus Anderson for a dirty hit. Uh, but after absolutely gordying somebody into the boards from behind, um, Calgary likes to get a little rough with a Vander Kane. And he looks at the guy and he goes, what are you going to do? And he skates away. And then they get into a scrum and he's like, what are you going to do? What is anyone here going to do? Basically saying your entire team is a bunch of, a bunch of bitch boys. Yeah. And I know that you can't hang with me. Uh, that's the type of energy that I want from Evander Kane. That's that chaotic, yeah. rock star, reckless. Swagger. Swag. Yeah. Scoring goals, kicking ass, taking names. That's... that's Staying in the trouble, Evander. That is... That is... Uh, that is boa hockey. Um, did you see what Nazem Kadri said to him? 
I don't care what Nazem Kadri said. I, I like. I want to hear what you say, but uh, I'm just like, for the record, I, I didn't do not give Kadri a single shit about Nazem. He Kadri. said something along the. He like said to because he was also mic'd up, and he said something along the lines to to Evander King. He's like, he's like, it's like stay away from that puck. The puck doesn't even want to be near you. And then Evander Kane scored in that game, and yeah, that doesn't look great for Nazem Kadri. <laughs> not the juice. There was a lot of really good content. Um, that the NHL did for the Heritage Classic, and one mm-hmm. of it was like a blind taste testing of Timbits. Oh, I didn't uh, see that. It was Darnell Nurse versus um, Nazem Kadri, and Nurse went three for three, and and Kadri went two for three. So just mm, guys course, taking yeah. L's left, right, yeah. and center. Yeah. Once again, Oilers better in another category. Oh, congratulations, Nas. Um, speaking, speaking of Oilers better, uh, the Oilers have the fandom of Canadian royalty. Yeah, truly. They truly, truly the do. Uh, Nickelback is in the back pocket. Connor McDavid is in Nickelback's back pocket. And we know it's on record that Chad Kruger is an Oilers fan. I would assume his brother is an Oilers fan. I assume is. all the boys are Oilers fans. I just um, I, I assume the dude with the, the dude with the soul patch, Daniel Adair, is a is a is a Oilers fan. Like probably the, the amount of soul in that patch, like you're <laughs> gonna have a you're gonna be an Oilers fan. I got soul and I love yeah. the Oilers. <laughs> uh Nickelback played the second intermission of the game and the pyro was out of extra. control it was so, so extra, so much i'm uh, truly 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 celebrating albertan independence uh, if this <laughs> if they left canada tomorrow i wouldn't be surprised because the amount of just blue red just dripping alberta power is insane dude um, instead of using smoke it'd be so cool if it was fucking charcoal in the air <laughs> soot Chad's just wiping off his face. <laughs> He's using it as eye black, <laughs> drip king. Um, Nickelback didn't sound the best in an outdoor venue. Oh, you're 1,000% right. Chad could barely sing. Yeah. He's freezing. But it. I just i am glad that I'm – Okay, the NHL has done some dumb shit in the past, like getting um, – Lil Nas X to perform 17 months after his song was a big hit or getting like, you remember that he sang old town road, like five or six months after the height of the meme, like good job NHL. That looks really current and all that. Yeah, exactly. And like they got, um, who's that country singer? He's, uh, Chase Rice. They got Chase Rice to sing like with my eyes on you, like a sexy country ballad for an outdoor, like for an outdoor hockey game. Like, what are you talking about? It was in Boston, brutal, whatever. So the NHL has done some dumb shit with music acts. I'm glad that they finally went with something that's like sick and not something that's like sick. So very glad that you got Nickelback. And they countered it out with the beaches doing the pregame concert. Oh, I didn't even see that. Yeah, Girl Power, shout out. Yeah. If you've never listened to The Beaches, they're like a fun, like kind of hard yeah. rock band, and it's all four yeah. chicks. They're all badass. Their music's really good. Toronto I don't know. Royalty. I was, yeah. yeah, I was stoked to see them getting a shot too. So I good to the NHL for getting good music acts for once. Can I say one quick thing about Nickelback? You can the say ener- as many things you the want. The energy you have of coming on stage, standing in front of the table, and just plopping it on the table by opening with Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting is <laughs> fucking mint. 
Like I, no other words can describe it. Like that is huge energy. <laughs> I I fucking absolutely love it. Oh, so cool. I except you know what made it better, even though we probably shouldn't celebrate him. But like, imagine imagine we got the Kid Rock version and Kid came out for the second verse. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Bob, Bob, you, I can't, Bob Ritchie. Do you remember? Uh, I don't remember what I was gonna say. I think I losing too much do i remember everything about nickelback do you remember do you remember when um like hockey night in canada when they had that like old vintage intro and saturday night's all right for fighting would play like being a kid and you'd be getting fired up to watch hockey with your dad you got chips you got pop and you're like yeah let's go so just a little bit, a lot of bit of nostalgia and it's just nice. It's just very, very nice. Um, one gripe that I do have with the NHL from all the media around this um, is they challenged the players on the Oilers and Flames to do an interview session um, trying to slip as many Nickelback songs as they could into the interview and like very cool concept, but it's also hockey players with like negative personality because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did this with Drake songs. Yeah. And Baker Mayfield got six. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like Rashad White got five. And the other guy that they interviewed had six as well. Like, And it's not that Drake songs are easier to input in casual conversation, but the hockey players don't have that. Um, they don't have that creativity. They don't. So they it was go to seemed, college. Yeah. <laughs> it seemed a little forced. It seemed a little not great. And underwhelming because i said i was watching this with and i have to give him props for the dr picture because it did come from baby back billick shout out baby back billick we were uh sitting on the couch watching it uh watching football and uh i did like uh he's like how many do you think you could get and i was like ripped off nine or ten yeah so i'm better than the oilers at giving interviews i i love Connor mcdavid i truly do and um (laughs) i don't want him to take offense to this but he ta- he calls himself a huge Nickelback fan, and I don't doubt him on that. But man, I wish he would just go deep in the discography yeah. for his favorite songs. What's he, your favorite song? Oh, like Photograph or something. Yeah, his he, he literally said one time that his favorite song was If Today Was Your Last Day. I'm like, yeah. that's a bad Nickelback song. <laughs> no, I mean, it mean, means a lot to me and my dad. It's like, cool, maybe it is, but like, say yeah. something in your mouth. Like, yeah, be, yeah, be an tell, animal. yeah, tell me how much you want to kick ass when you hear next contestant, Connor. Because <laughs> that's the kind of answer that would be. Insanity, that would get the boys right? fired. Like, be like, oh, Connor's favorite song is S-E-X. Oh, wow. <laughs> we play Side of a Bullet every time we come in after warm-ups. Like, the, everybody just gets jacked up. He's you know? a leader of men. What are we doing here? <laughs> uh, Nolan, is there anything else you want to say about the Heritage Classic? No, or can I'm, we shift I'm gears? Just, I'm having so much fun riffing here. This is great. Let, let's shift gears uh, to the Oilers Halloween party. Oh, spooky. The Oilers Halloween. That's me trying to do the Harry Potter theme. Oilers Halloween party was Monday night, which is like very pro athlete in the sense that you're allowed to have a holiday party on a Monday night. Uh, But the fits (laughs) went to quote YG absolutely brazy. Uh, 
the guys unanimous, unanimously said that Jack Campbell, a.k.a. Soup, a.k.a. Soupy, had the best costume as he was Dobby, but I call him Nightmare Dobby from Harry Potter because oh, that's so spooky. That was terrifying. <laughs> Dobby is not meant to be 6'3. Right? It's true. And Dobby yeah, is Don- supposed to be cute, not like fucking terrifying. Not towering over you, like looking down at you, like, hello, children. No, Dobby's not 6'3. That was fucking scary as hell. Um, but he was not the only Harry Potter character. A number of the players and their wives and girlfriends joined in and they had a big group photo uh with a Harry Potter theme. Zachary Martin Hyman was was a was he was like uh, he's Mal- he's Malfoy's, Malfoy's dad. dad. Yeah. Lucius. Uh, yeah. Is that Lucius it? Malfoy. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know much guy. HP. All I know is that um when the and we'll we'll talk about this. Um, when the Oilers were asked about the best costume, don't worry, I'm not going to spoil it. Um, uh, Connor Brown pronounced it Dobie, and I'm like, why did you dress up like Ron? Because you're completely wrong. <laughs> yeah, completely you are, wrong. You, you aren't. You aren't Ron. You're wrong. Because you see, because <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, dork. Yeah, yeah, idiot. Ma- Idiot. Lots of guys were in the Harry Potter group uh, this year. Leon and Connor were not, um, as they were previously part of a larger group costume as well. Now, I enjoy Harry Potter. I'm a Harry Potter enjoyer. Uh, I know a fair amount of people are, and it's like one of the biggest giveaways of being a millennial is like, what's your house? And people getting like way too into Harry Potter. I'm not that level, but I did watch all the movies. Um, read all the books Um, I I keep up I like the memes all that sort of stuff but I'm not I'm not a crazy Potter guy and I don't want to offend anybody by saying this but Nolan I'm asking you a genuine question Mm -hmm. what is more cringy the group costume of Harry Potter or the group costume of friends okay well first and foremost we have to say R.I.P. Matthew Perry R.I.P. Matthew Perry sense fan Matthew Perry yeah um Ooh, this is a good question. Well, you think I'm gonna I'm gonna go for a minute here because okay. I you're gonna make a case. I'm gonna make a case. Okay. Um, not a Friends guy. Never liked Friends. Me neither. Yeah, me neither. Um, cannot do it. Have tried multiple times. Don't think it's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I am going to say that on the surface level, um, Harry Potter is more cringe because it's like kids and dragons and magic and shit. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the Oilers and how this went, I think that friends is more cringe because there was an orchestrated full photo shoot with location changes and with props. Yes. So I think I would agree for that reason, as well as it just reeks of like friends is my personality. Oof. And like, like constantly being like oh i was gonna say something yeah whatever like 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 naming your like naming your pets like holy fucking shit (laughs) (laughs) oh no (laughs) uh no one just headshot somebody (laughs) (laughs) yeah Fuck off, dude. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, dude. What is there a large body of water around Peterborough? Uh, uh, we have the Trent River. 
Yeah, somebody's you're gonna be at the bottom of it. If that <laughs> if that person listens if that person listens to this episode, you're that gonna be at the not bottom to this of episode. It. We're good. Oh, I'm gonna send it. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> you're this gonna is... tweet it from the one for one instant and be like, "Ooh, special I'm gonna t- guest." Tag him. This is yeah. gonna be <laughs> this is gonna be the episode that I plug on my story and be like, "Don't want to miss this." If you're a Halloween person, tune in here. <laughs> By the way, I hold no judgment if you name your if you name your animals after friends characters. I apologize, but yeah, also I don't. This is a bit of a this is a oh. bit of a bit for us because of the the person that it is. For reference, uh, I named my dog. I named a dog after a prime minister. I so, was gonna name. I was if I had a boy cat, I was gonna name him Leon. So athletes, movie characters. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just mm-hmm. this specific individual has a bit of a history between the two of us anyway uh harry potter friends yeah there's a lot of uh variety of cringe that could be there good stuff this isn't bullying by the way we're not bullying this person we're not calling them out by name no absolutely not Um, we're insinuating that's all it is there's nothing wrong with insinuating it might not even be a real person have you ever thought of that that's true it might just could be a figment of your imagination this could be something that we just talked about and we're like, hey, let's make yeah. one person really self-conscious um, just completely on accident. And then this is going to be like, and then uh, when I eventually, uh, and then when we eventually have to apologize, I'm just going to, I'm just going to do a quick, uh, a, a drive into deep left field by Castellanos and we got a tie ball game. <laughs> if the shoe fits, lace it up. Speaking of lacing it up, Oh, yeah. What a segue. Guess who's back, back again. Return of the Octopus. Mr. Eight Point Knight is back. Gagne's back. Sam Gagne is back. He gets called up to the NHL, signing a one-year $775,000 contract. Welcome back, King. He even led stretches today. You love to see it. Let's get that boy a ring. I cannot wait to see Sam Gagne back in the Oilers lineup. Okay. Okay. I'm just going to say something. And yeah. I, I don't want it to sound mean. However. Go ahead. Okay, so Sam Gagne crushed it with the Bakersfield Condors in three games. He had five points in three games. Okay, he was Hot. really good. Um, And obviously, we never mentioned this, but uh, the Oilers waived Adam Ernie. Um, no offense to Adam Ernie, but thank Christ, because I can't think of one uh, quality thing he did on the ice. So... Shout out, pour one out for our for our friend Adam. But how does Raphael Lavoie not get the call up? Like Jay Woodcroft even said in his presser that Adam Ernie was like I, he said it he said it he said it in a different way. But like Adam Ernie essentially was like the sacrificial lamb for the bottom five not scoring, and so he was the one that got sent down. And in order to solve your issue, you've called up Sam Gagne even though you have a guy that is a natural shooter in the minors right now that was just named AHL Player of the Week in Raphael Lavoie. I just don't exactly get it. Now, with that being said, there is nothing that would warm my heart more than seeing Sam Gagne called up and scoring like 40 points and the, like having a very major role to this team winning a Stanley Cup. Nothing I would love more. So, shout out Sam. Welcome back. Everything we always wanted was Sam Gagne to come back and retire as an Edmonton Oiler, and he does because this guy loves this friggin' city, and that is what we stand for. 
Do you like calling him the octopus? Do you think that's funny? I think that's pretty funny. Okay, we're gonna yeah. keep doing that. I think we're gonna yeah. keep doing that. He's like kind of. He's like also like kind of gangly too. You know. Yeah. 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 He's a little bit of a little bit of a aquatic guy. Yeah, I love that he's like still a pretty small guy. Like it just <laughs> rocks. Like he's just like he's crushing it. Uh, shout out Sam Gagne. Hips feel good, he said. So hopefully he can uh, jump in and, and be an impact so kind of guy. Cute. He's such a silver fox, dude. <laughs> he's aging like fine wine. God, I'm just looking at his hockey DB. Did you know this? That this is a thing where if you go on hockey DB and you like click you through like, the pictures, you can yeah, see him through it. Yeah, yeah. I do that just, all the time. He's so fucking cute, man. <laughs> like, come on, Sam. What are you doing here? Um. Also, you know, my guy is just yeah. Never mind. Okay. Anyways, moving on. Do you have anything else you'd like to say about the Oilers, or should we move into some NHL discussion? I don't think there's anything else to say. I think we've we, we've covered it all. Adam Ernie down, Sam Gagne up, Raphael Lavoie staying in the minors. Things are looking pretty good. Bakersfield, looking... Bakersfield crushing it. They're like 4-1. and one. That's sick. Mm-hmm. We'd Hell love yeah. to see that. Um, yeah, I, I, I really like everything right now. Um, Uh-oh, it's time for an ad read. It may be too early to start decorating for the holidays, but it's never too early to start your holiday shopping. Why not take care of it now before the crowds and packed calendars make shopping a total nightmare, especially when you can get some of the best deals of the season well before Black Friday? You can just shop Raycon products right now and save up to 50% off because their early Black Friday sale is going on now, now this is a new product uh, that we're promoting on the show. Uh, I know that friend of the show, Floor Pie Alex, he's got a set of these Raycon uh, earbuds, and he says that they are fantastic. He loves them; can't stop talking about them, raving about them. Raycon first made a name for themselves in the audio space with products like their Everyday Earbuds, known for delivering high quality and. Th- Thorough features like a 32-hour battery life and a perfect in-ear fit for all-day wear and lasting comfort. In this past year, they expanded their entire business with the introduction of Raycon Home and Raycon PowerTech. Uh, Their five-star reviewed Magic 180 cable allows you to charge iOS, micro USB, and Type-C devices eight times faster with 100-watt power delivery. Raycon is known for delivering high quality and thoughtful features at half the price of other premium tech brands. It's no wonder their products have racked up tens of thousands of five-star reviews. To get everyone in the holiday shopping spirit a bit early, Raycon is currently offering 20% off everything on their site with select products up to 50% off. So hurry now to buyraycon.com slash THPN to get 20 to 50% off site-wide. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score up to 50% off Raycon products. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. Uh-oh, it's time for another ad read. The NFL season is going strong, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet five bucks on any game this week to score two hundred dollars instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. 
All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this October. Maybe you're looking at the KC-Miami game. There's only a one-and-a-half point spread. Maybe you're excited to watch that. It's the Germany game, so it's on at like 9.30. It might be something to spice up your, spice up your Sunday morning a little bit. Uh, so get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, a, an official partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort Licensee Partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions. Terms and responsible gaming resources. Um. Okay, so this is a bit of a hard 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 left turn um but miles uh, should we talk about uh we'll just get to it right now um the news about adam johnson is obviously super 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 upsetting um and incredibly tragic and nothing you want to see happen in this league um so if who all doesn't know but adam johnson formerly of the pittsburgh penguins tragically passed away um, after his throat was cut by a skate in the game uh, while he was playing for the Nottingham Panthers uh, in the, I believe, EIHL. Um, the University of Minnesota Duluth product played 13 games for the Penguin and over 250 NHL games. Uh, he was 29 years old. Obviously, it's completely shaken up the hockey world. Um, plenty of people talking about it. Plenty of people um, just showing their, their thoughts and support for, uh, for both Adam as well as his family. And I mean, one thing that I, I've really liked is that the is the the outpouring of support and for and actually highlighting the 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 real highs of of his career, like including his very first goal, which is really cool. I know that I saw, uh, I believe it was Teddy Bluger had had went on somebody's podcast and and actually shared a couple thoughts about Adam Johnson himself. So, um, just incredibly sad to see, and. We're starting to see a little bit of a of a uh, a, a bit of a a change coming out of hockey lately, which is uh, the EIHL initially had mentioned. I believe that's the, I believe that's what the league is called. Um, yeah, Elite the, Ice Hockey League. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Um, they announced that they were going to actually uh, introduce mandatory neck guards because uh, neck guards do exist. They are, but they're just not very common at this point, um, and. In a stunning piece of news, the WHL actually announced that they are are making neck guards mandatory effective Friday, November third. So they're not wasting any time, and we're gonna we're gonna see a pretty significant increase in these neck guards uh, being used by players, whether it's at a junior level, and I think we're gonna probably start seeing it at a professional level pretty shortly soon. Maybe not mandatory, but I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing a lot of the a lot of the young guys in this game start playing with more protection. One thing that I've never understood, uh, as someone who grew up playing hockey, neck guards were always just a part of your 
uniform. It's something that you yeah. always wore when you yeah, got ready. Yeah. I remember like as a goaltender, um, you don't wear like the traditional like turtleneck style. Like it's just, you know, most of the skaters would wear just a thick piece that would go around Velcro on whatever. Um, goalies, you get a bib style that would fit yeah. under your chest protector. And it was a little bit more prominent. It would come up a little bit further up on your, on your chin. And, you know, being somebody who was having people fly in with their skates at you first, it just seemed like a no brainer to wear one. And, um, I've never really understood why guys stopped wearing them. I think it's a comfort thing mostly. Um, and you know, once you get to that level two, guys aren't really falling. There's a lot less, uh, collisions of that nature, uh, where you're at risk, but I mean, all it takes is one and one is, is too damn many. So yeah. glad to see that the WHL and the EIHL and, and other leagues are going to be taking this serious. And, uh, one thing I really liked about the WHL is that that is effective, immediately but it's yeah. also for all on ice activities including practice yeah so that's great to see hopefully yeah. uh adam's legacy will uh stop any future events of of something like this occurring and and people will be uh, more careful yeah with their personal protective equipment moving forward they're pretty Con. uh they're pretty common at like the world junior level because you typically see, I think I'm pretty sure Connor Bedard wore one when he uh, just like this last world juniors. The, um, I, I think, think it's it a hockey Canada. I think it's a hockey Canada thing where yeah. they're like, you don't have to, but a lot of other national programs have different rules yeah. for PPE. Yeah. So um, too swaggy to wear one, I guess some of these guys, but yeah. not anymore. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, I think we're going to see, like I said, I think we're going to see a pretty massive change going forward. Um, yeah, it's so friggin' sad to see, man. And just on a side note, people, don't share the video. Nobody needs to see it. Like, if you're going to share a video, share share his first goal. Like, and I know that that's been said, that's been said, you know, quite a few times, but like, we don't need to rewatch it and relive the horror of that whole thing. So, um, like I said, incredibly sad. And our thoughts are with, are with uh are with Adam's friends and family and former teammates and former teams and everybody all involved so um now we attempt to give some good news in which uh this kind of follows up something that we were that we were talking about last week which was the NHL and their pride tape decision and they reversed their pride tape decision because the NHL recognized how stupid it was and Travis Dermott basically wore the or used the pride tape and said do something to me and they never did and <laughs> now the nhl has reversed their pride tape decision and has allowed uh, players to basically do whatever they want if they want to um if they want to have a have a display of any sort of social awareness in a pre-game setting so uh that's great to see and uh once again just the nhl taking l's left right and center what are this is basically um this is basically like um, player initiatives going up to the NHL and going, what are you going to do? What are any of you here going to do? Yeah. Rockstar. Yeah, it's it's very cool. Um, I want to get to this. So, this yeah, take take this. This is your this thing. Man. Is literally the definition of fucking NHL. Like this is such an NHL thing. It's not even funny. Um, so. For any of the, for any of the, or for any of you who don't know, uh, the NHL had their big frozen frenzy last week, and the idea of it being it was like a, they play, they had all thirty two teams playing on the same night, all the games were staggered, 
or had staggered start time. So you could watch all these games without any sort of commercials and you can kind of go and you can kind of flick through them. Um, now in the U.S., they had a the actual Frozen Frenzy channel, which is similar to NFL's Red Zone. And this was apparently a really big success in the United States. Uh, because in Canada, this was a complete shit show. Because um, un- unless, of course, you had a Sportsnet Plus subscription. Because this, for one, was on a Tuesday, which... I don't know why of all days you pick a Tuesday to do this frozen frenzy. And in addition to that, it's not even on one of the on one on one of Canada's national nights, which are I believe Wednesday. I think Friday is one of them. Like there's I think there's a national game on Friday or hockey night in Canada, which probably would have made the most sense to do a Saturday like hockey night in Canada frozen frenzy kind of coalition of of you know of of sorts. Um but the only available game to a national audience was Flames Rangers on Sportsnet 360, which requires a subscription. Uh, the actual Frozen Frenzy um, it, it, it was not available in Canada, and apparently it's due to mainly a rights issue because with the NHL, they have two separate rights. They have the, the U.S. rights and the Canadian rights. And the Canadian rights are unfortunately locked in with Sportsnet as well as some participation with TSN um, that just completely screws over the consumer, especially if you are, especially if you are like in Toronto or you're in Ottawa or whoever carries both games. Uh, I know for me, I subscribed to Sportsnet Plus last year and I was not able to watch the game against the Senators because it was region blacked out because it was only playing on, or it was only playing on TSN, which if you ask me, paying $250 for a subscription to see any hockey game you want should probably get me any hockey game I want, uh, fair to say, but who who, who am I? Um, so anyways, uh, instead of just playing what Sportsnet had the rights to, which they did have rights to all of these games that were being played, and they could have just put them on, on, on a national televised feed, uh, they instead had four channels dedicated to D-backs Phillies, which was the uh, NLCS in baseball, which don't get me wrong, important game but if this is a game that you want or if this is a day that you want to grow the game because you want all of these people across the world to all be tuning into all of these games would it not make sense to have like two three channels maybe be dedicated to different games that are playing around the night i i don't know call me crazy um because any of the tsn sportsnet west uh sportsnet east or sportsnet pacific channels were all blacked out by region so Bad job by you, NHL. Bad job by you. Yeah, doing this on a Tuesday is silly as hell, in my opinion. Uh, um, you know that the NHL has, or sorry, that the NFL has Sunday like on lock. That's their day. Don't worry about it. Uh, but Tuesday, man. Tuesday, man. You yep. kidding me? It would have been I... so electric on a Saturday if you could have had all the boys together watching that, having a couple pops. Uh, you got every power play coming at you. Missed opportunity, but it's yeah. uh, it's something that's promising, hoping that the NHL can maybe tweak this, figure it out for Canada, and, and have the product available for us all to watch, hopefully soon. Hopefully soon. Hopefully, uh, hopefully they can get their right situation figured out in 2025, which I believe is when they're up. Ooh, oh coming God. up, coming up. Yeah. One guy that we will not be seeing on the Frozen Frenzy in 2025 is Joe Thornton. Jumbo Joe officially called it a career and retired. 
played 1,714 games in the National Hockey League, scoring 430 goals, 1,109 assists. He had 134 points in 187 playoff games as well. Hell of a career for a great player, great guy, great steward of the game. Uh, I've always been a big Joe Thornton guy. and Same. Um, although he hasn't played for a little while, um, kind of knew the right was on the wall. Uh, still a good opportunity to celebrate the guy and, and celebrate the career that he had. To me, Joe Thornton is a shark. I don't know about you. What do you think of when you think of Joe Thornton? Is he a Bruin def- or a shark? I definitely agree. He was a shark. He was, yeah. he was more, he was more happy as a shark. I don't remember Joe Thornton being happy as a Boston Bruin. <laughs> we were little too when he played for the Bruins because when did he get traded? Like oh five oh six. The oh five oh six season. That was yeah. when he won the Hart Trophy because he like turned Jonathan Chichu into a fifty goal scorer. <laughs> Proud of Moose Factory, Ontario. Jonathan yeah. Chichu. That rocks. Sticking to the retirement theme, oh, long time. I was going to quickly ask, uh, Miles, uh, Joe Thornton, uh, Hall, first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, I think so. Yeah, didn't yeah. win a cup, which is tough. Like, I really wanted him to go out with a cup, but oh yeah, just not as a member of the Toronto Maple Leafs. No, 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 sir, no, sir. But yeah, I think just looking at some of the uh, Hall of Famers that they've had in the past few years, I think Joe Thornton is. A better player than some of the other fellows, no disrespect, that have uh, been issued into the hall recently. So I think Joe Thornton's got it when it's his time. I agree. Uh, sticking on that retirement theme, longtime Montreal Canadian Thomas Plekanik retired after 1,001 games in the NHL. You love to see a player get over a milestone. Uh, he last played in the NHL in 2019. Uh, Thomas Placanic put up 608 points in that 1,001 game career. Congratulations to Thomas Placanic on a uh, great career for the Montreal Canadiens and Toronto Maple Leafs. I got a couple more for you, Nolan. For some reason, it was a big week in retirementville, but Paul Stastny also calls it a career. 1,145 NHL games for five different teams. He had 293 goals, 529 assists, for 822 points. Nolan, when I say Paul Stastny, what team comes to mind for you? Like Paul Stastny is forever a blank. Or like when you picture Paul Stastny, what jersey is he wearing? Like, yeah, you're almost like if you were to go in the Hall of Fame, which he's not going to, but if you were to go in the Hall of Fame, like what what jersey would you put him in? Yeah, like where do you, you know, where do you remember him? Like when you think of Paul Stastny, what is he to you? I think despite... Despite him leaving at a pretty young age, I think I see him as a Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, me too. He he's yeah. an average jet to me. He, and... Man, he had such a hot start to his career. He had seventy eight points in his first season, and that would be like one short of his career high. Yeah, yeah. So, I know he was a long time, long time Av. Didn't have a long career, like four or five seasons in Winnipeg, but for some reason, to me, he's a Jet or a or an Av. Oh my goodness, as I'm choking here, uh, I would actually <laughs> consider him either an Av or a Blue. Yeah, he was also a Blue for four seasons. So yeah, I, uh, I, I kind of, I kind of always, ass- I remember when he was like the big hot shit free agent signing because he was coming off of the. Um, he was coming off of like that crazy that 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 crazy twenty thirteen fourteen AV season, the one where um, uh, uh, Nathan McKinnon like had his rookie season and was looking like a true superstar, 
and Patrick Waugh was coaching them, and that team just went on a PDO bender for an entire season. They were getting absolutely caved in in the shot department, but they were somehow pulling it off due to like hot goaltending and scoring at the right time. Um, basically, the Edmonton Oilers formula, and uh, it, yeah, I and then immediately cashed in afterwards. Got like five, four or five years out of it, and uh, yeah, good for Paul Stastny. Made a lot of money in his career. Yeah. And had uh, had a lot of fun doing it. Played a lot of games. Just about 1,200 games in the NHL is, is no easy feat. So shout out to Paul Stastny. Last but not least, the final four retiree is none other than Oilers great Zach Cassian. Calling it a career at 32 years old. He had 100, sorry, he had 661 games played, 92 goals, 111 assists, and 913 penalty minutes. Uh, famously left the Oilers, uh, traded to the Arizona Coyotes, played one season there, didn't find a home this offseason, didn't get picked up anywhere, and decided to uh, hang him up and quit playing professional hockey. So sad to see Zach Cassian retire with, I assume, a little bit more left in the tank, but um, it is the way the cookie crumbles, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I said this on I said this on Twitter, but I it it honestly can't go understated that the comeback Zach Cassian had, like we really need to recognize that like this guy was at his wits end of his career and it was looking like it wasn't going anywhere. And he got traded to Edmonton and he immediately made himself a fan favorite and really carved out a role for himself. We'll always remember him for the, um, the 2017 playoff run and just how good he was in that, uh, in, in that, in that playoff run. Um, and you know what? Zach was a fan favorite and I know that we've criticized him a plenty on this show, but man, when things were going for Zach Cassie, when he was on, he was on and he was one of the best, play- he was one of our favorite players to watch in the ice, but, um, sucks. That it didn't work out. Uh, it sucks that he kind of has the cloud that he does around a lot of Oilers fans, but I, for one, um, as much as I did rag on the guy, I will I will always appreciate the tenacity and the energy he brought. And he was like pretty nice to me when I met him that one time when I st- stalked the Oilers at the hotel. He had uh, some of the most iconic NHL facial hair as well with those playoff oh, mutton chops. It was always so 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 cool to see. Do you remember? Do you remember when Brendan Pierolini dressed up as him for Halloween? <laughs> I think I do actually. That's uh, I like uh, I like when guys cosplay as other guys it's funny yeah it's very cool. like david perron and uh ryan o'reilly did that on the blues it was really yeah. funny ryan o'reilly had like a beret and a baguette and stuff because <laughs> just made fun of him for being french just a little bit of good banter between teammates so little bit of banter a little bit of banter speaking of a little bit of banter Austin yeah. Matthews is officially, and I can say that because of the KSI part of this, Austin Matthews is officially a prime energy drink athlete. The prime account posted him up between KSI and Logan Paul dressed up in hockey equipment. This is kind of cool. Uh, I think that it gives the NHL and it gives his brand a lot of relevancy with a completely new market of consumers. So really good for Austin Matthews and, and really good for the NHL as well to be hitching their wagon to something that's cool and something that's different. And like I said, these are like the Logan Paul fanatics. Say what you want about Logan Paul, but his fans are largely young kids. Um, that are impressionable and want to look up to somebody better than Logan Paul. So why not look up to Austin Matthews, one of the great players of our game and, and uh, get their foot in the door that way. So really cool, really cool opportunity to see another uh, player 
building their brand and doing something cool. Man, the ne- next time you're looking at the picture of KSI and Austin Matthews and Logan Paul, take a look at Logan Paul's ankles. His is he a bender? An- oh, is he ever? He's <laughs> hanging on for dear life. Well, I, I was just happy to see because KSI was a goalie. Yeah. Uh, I was just happy to see that he had the pads on the right legs. Yeah, there <laughs> they you go. weren't yeah. backwards. So whoever dressed them, but I mean, I feel like Austin Matthews would have been like, hey, you guys look frumpy as hell. But you can't <laughs> you fix, fix up that drip. You can't, yeah, you can't fix, you can't fix bad ankles though. So Logan yeah. Paul, maybe he'll learn to skate and he'll challenge Wayne Gretzky to a game, a one on one or something like that. Um, I need another... this one. Okay, go ahead. I need this one. You can have the next one, but I, I love this kind of stuff. You not love, this kind of stuff. You love it. I love that I get to be this guy that updates the oh, Caps' okay. downfall. Oh, okay. okay. I know what my role is, and I'm a villain. So, Caps fans, Rubber I don't like open. this part of it, but I like giving you updates on your season. This is the part transitioning to what we don't like. Nicholas Backstrom is stepping away from hockey with an ongoing injury. This comes after he proclaimed in training camp that he was 100% ready for the season. He's got one assist in his eight games. Honestly, we hate to see it. He is a Caps legend. He's Ovi's backpack. He is second in most franchise statistics and is one of two players to play 1,000 games for the Caps and score 1,000 points. It really sucks to see him go down if this is the end of his career. Um, ultimately this leads to a huge hole in the caps lineup. He's got two years left on a contract paying him $9.25 million a season. Um, sucks for Nick Backstrom because he's a great player, great guy, but, uh, caps fans said I was huffing crazy pills all year, huffing crazy paint. Ovi next. I still don't think Ovi's next. Um, I think that with this Nick Backstrom stuff, like this was kind of he had didn't he have like re or like hip resurfacing like surgery or something like that? Like it was looking like his career was over for a little yeah. bit. So the fact that he even came back was pretty impressive. Um, yeah, I, I I don't think we're going to see Nick Backstrom coming back. But there's still like quite a few centers that can still dish that can still dish the puck to Ovi on the on the power dish. play. So. I'm not I'm not too too worried about that but uh yeah it's it, it sucks man cuz I I love Nicholas Backstrom. He was one of my favorite players and I know for a lot of Caps fans he was one of their favorite players as well. Really underrated two-way player in his career. So I I just uh I I really hope this isn't the last we see of him cuz I, I I would love to see him go out on his note and his note only. So um sucks to see but- but yeah, I see where you're coming from. It's it lo- looks like the caps are just slowly unraveling day by day. A thousand points and a thousand like th- over a thousand points over a thousand games. That's a damn good career. Yep, so 100%. if the, if this is the end of Nick Backstrom, like stick taps, good for you. Cup uh, champion. Cup champion. Yep. Probably a Hall of Famer. That that picture of him and Ovi carrying the Stanley Cup together will live on in infamy. Yep. So shout out to Nick Backstrom. Hopefully we get to see you again, pal. But if not, Caps fans, uh, leave me alone. Okay. This is why I'm so happy we were recording today. Because, oh my God, the Ottawa Senators. (laughs) So when the Shane Pinto news came out, Actually, let's let's just start from the very beginning, okay? So we're going to go over this just very quickly, and then we'll kind of unpack it a little bit. So Sens downfall update, because the Sens are just 
just having they're 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 having they're having a season. They're having a season. Uh Pierre Dorian fired. Uh Steve Steos, our friend, now gone. Uh it was named interim GM. Uh another former Oilers friend. Peter Shirelli's name was thrown around. We'll, Don't we'll say see. friend. We'll see how that <laughs> plays out. Um boy, would I ever love to see Father Pete come back around. Uh <laughs> Trade like, Thomas Shabbat for a bag of pucks and Drew Doughty. Yeah, trade like, trade uh, uh, freaking Tim Stutzla for like, I don't know. Can I can I interest can I interest you in a in a freshly used Matthias Yanmark? I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, great to see that Peter Shirelli's you know hang, hanging around. He he's lurking. But anyways, it gets better. You hear about uh, Shane Pinto getting a 41-game suspension for gambling? That's not great. Pending RFA, well, I mean, not pending. He is an RFA right now. They're they're currently trying. They were currently trying to to negotiate with him in both the media and 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 in private. That that's great. Uh, well, now the Sens are being forced to pay a first-round pick for their role in the Evgeny Dadnov no-trade trade fiasco. And new owner Michael Anlauer is pissed. So, whoever does not know about what happened with the uh, Evgeny Dadnov situation. So, Evgeny Dadnov, this is like two seasons ago. I think this is more like three seasons ago. Evgeny Dadnov signs a contract with the Ottawa Senators. The Ottawa Senators trade Evgeny Dadnov to the Vegas Golden Knights. The Vegas Golden Knights then have a nightmarish season. And they want to get off of Evgeny Dadnov's money. So they trade him to the Anaheim Ducks. Evgeny Dadnov hears about this, and Evgeny Dadnov says, uh, No, that violates my no trade clause. The Vegas Golden Knights say, What no trade clause? And he's like, The no trade clause I have in my contract that I signed with Ottawa. So they say, Oh, Ottawa did not disclose that you have a no trade con or that you have a no trade clause. And then now he plays for Dallas. Or he then made a stop to Montreal, then made a stop to Dallas. And now he's in Dallas. So, as it stands, uh, Pierre Dorian didn't tell Vegas about this no-trade clause. Uh, but then also Vegas didn't... I don't know if it was they didn't ask or if, like, I don't understand how a guy gets traded and you, and you have no idea how his original contract looks. I just, I find that very hard to believe. Anyways, it's kind of crazy that they're being fined a first-round pick for this whole thing. Um, and I wanted to bring up a quote here. Uh, this is, comes from Michael Anlauer's press conference he had because this was the post-Pierre Dorian uh, uh, relinquishing of his job uh, and, 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 and the reaction to the whole situation. Uh, Michael Anlauer said, uh, Sens owner Michael Anlauer says the NHL did not er, advise him of either investigation with the botched uh, Dadnob no trade clause or Pinto sports betting incident before he closed on purchase. Uh, And his quote, maybe they didn't want to disrupt disrupt it, the sale, uh, to make sure the seller got the best price possible. Holy shit. That is from the top rope. And he is not pulling any punches. And then, to follow that up, uh, resigned, fi- this comes from Frank Sarri Valley, by the way, resigned, fired. Uh, Sens owner Michael Anlauer says he met with GM Pierre Dorian last night and said the penalty for forfeiture of picks should be no less than his job. 
This could have been avoided. Dorian agreed, and they agreed to part ways. Boy, Michael and Lauer is having a fun, 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 fun first month as an owner in the NHL. Um, man, a forfeiture of a first round pick for this whole thing is crazy. I I don't think that the punishment fits the crime. I do like how Ann Lauer is like making people in the franchise accountable. He's not letting yeah. shit slide. Yeah. Um, he's walking around. He's like, what the fuck is going on? Eh? Like he's getting mad and whatnot. I like the fire. I like yeah. the changing of the guard. And I think that Ann Lauer is, is showing a lot of cojones as a, as an NHL owner, just yeah, really, really sucks for what he's got to deal with uh, his first month at the helm, but I like the way he's handling it. And, um, yeah, from an outside perspective, it's 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 kind of fun to watch. Oh, it's super fun to watch. But I like I I do feel kind of bad for Ann Lauer because it's like this guy is your new owner who just paid almost a billion dollars for a franchise that has has trouble selling out playoff games, and this is how you reward him. Like I don't know. I I just the NHL will just continue to NHL, and it rules. It rules so hard. I saw um, I saw a tweet today and it's like it was about this whole thing and it's like best sport worst league. Oh, that's exactly it. It's it is it continues to be the laughing stock of the of the major North American sports teams or leagues. It's like I mean, it would be cool if the um uh like it it'd be cool if the women's league is better run than this. But if it has any ties to Gary Bettman, I can only assume it won't be. But, like, this fucking league, man, just cannot get out of its own way. It's absolutely insane. I know I said absolutely again. Whoop-dee-daisy. One for one bingo. Um, anyways. Miles, do you want to finish on a fun one? Let's finish on a fun one. Pat Maroon, Oilers legend. Uh, he had a point in the game against the Oilers. Let's not forget that. But <gasps> let's check in on his season. How's he doing? Uh, he's got seven points on the year, which is as many at the time of this recording is as, as many as Nathan McKinnon and Matthew Kachuk in their game against the Florida Panthers. He got into a verbal argument with Nick cousins who called him fat and, uh, Pat Maroon didn't enjoy that. His chirps back were incredible. He's like, get a new line, buddy. Everybody knows it. Who cares? Like you're an idiot. I'm in the same league as you. Like if I'm so fat, what does that say about you? just reefing on the guy, right? So then they get into a bit of a scuffle later on in the game and he's trying to get him and he's like, fight me, fight me. You. And then he says a few words that are probably not something that you should repeat on a podcast, but he, he's beaking at him and he's giving him the business. It's a really funny clip. Uh, I love to see Pat Maroon thriving. He's a guy who's got a great story about like how he overcame uh, all of the hurdles that come with trying to play in the NHL, found a home in Dallas or in uh, Anaheim, ended up coming up to Edmonton, uh, playing with McDavid, having some success, ultimately moving to St. Louis, winning a cup, winning two back to back, three in three years. Um, he's got a great story. And now he's found a home in Minnesota. A lot of people writing him off and saying that he wasn't skilled enough to play. And look what he's doing now. He's got seven points on the season having a lot of fun and being a difference maker in Minnesota. So uh, I think this is one of those amicable breakups where as an Oilers fan, you look at the play and you're like, Hey man, I'm, I'm really happy to see you doing well. So shout out to Pat Maroon. And and if you have a couple minutes to look up his uh, conversation with Nick cousins, it is definitely worth the search. 
man, I I miss him so much as an oiler. Like he was just he was the best. Like I I just ha- he's got such underrated skill. It's 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 crazy. And man, I would hope that Minnesota is really bad for the rest of the season, and maybe we can have a nice little reunion at the deadline. Eight hundred K, retain half. 400k pat maroon playing our bottom six why not banging bodies and something 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 and banging banging cups with Connor mcdavid after they win the stanley cup if he comes to the oilers he has to wear five no if he comes to the oilers he has to return at 19 man five i understand i understand why it would be great but we maroon five yes that's awesome. <laughs> I know, but 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 guess what? Cody Cece wears five, and that that man is not going anywhere. And by not going anywhere, I mean he's a boat anchor. I don't think that 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 the contract is able to be moved. Ooh. Just kidding. I think I think oh. Cody Cece's actually not been that that horrible this season so far. We will get the horrible uh, test, Nolan, on Thursday when the Oilers play the Dallas Stars. That will be a great test. Uh, to see if this Oilers team is in fact back. They play them tomorrow, Thursday, November 2nd, and then they face off against Leon Sun, the Nashville Predators, Saturday, November 4th. How do you think it's going to go? How's the dog doing? Okay, I don't want to say 2-0 because I feel like that's, that's horrible juju. You know what? Drop one to Dallas, and then you fucking kick the shit out of the Nashville Predators hockey night in Canada. Um let's go one on one. I'm going to 2-0. 2-0? Okay. 2-0. I think I like I said at the top of the show, Shaping I think game. that the the Oilers are back. They usually play Dallas pretty well. So I'm I'm looking looking for a statement game from the Oilers here to win against the Stars and then beat the Predators. Arguably like one of the best teams in the league. So well, are I mean you could argue that they might be like the most cup ready team in the league so that would be a great way for the Oilers to show the league on notice that they are in fact back and we are hoping that they are is there anything else you'd like to say or can we wrap this bad boy up let's wrap this up this has been a big boy what are we at we are at one hour and 46 minutes eh, with a pee break and an ad read we're doing good I think we are yeah yeah okay bad. we're doing good we're doing yeah. good so if that's the end of the episode, and it's a Wednesday night, mm-hmm. that means we are getting close to the weekend. We hope that you enjoyed this season four, episode six of the One for One podcast. We hope that you enjoyed listening to it. We hope you have a great weekend, enjoying some Oilers hockey, some NFL football, some World Series baseball, some NBA start of the season. CFL playoffs, man, you cannot beat this time of year. It is beautiful, just as beautiful as our listeners. Thanks for tuning in to the One for One podcast. And as always, go Oilers, go. Go Oilers, go. Go Oilers, go.